Welcome, friends, to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm so excited to start my third season with you. This year, we are focusing on the word confidence, how to get more of it, and where we are currently seeking it. The goal is to bring you some incredible conversations that will provide you with newfound wisdom, guidance, and resources. And on this third season of Life on Purpose podcast, we want to keep you inspired and remind you that everything you are looking for is on the other side of fear. It is my privilege, as always, to be a part of your journey to living with courage, hope, and confidence this year. And the beginning we all know to living with confidence starts with recognizing what is keeping us stuck. And for a fun, quick way to get started, hop over to my website at amydebrick.com and take my quiz, Are You Stuck in Your Comfort Zone? You can also access other free resources while you're there or grab a copy of my book, Embolden. Enjoy. Well, good morning. This morning on the Life on Purpose podcast, I am welcoming writer and Bible teacher, Sarah Wood. So thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so glad we were able to get together and do this. Yes, it took us a little bit between holidays (laughs) and COVID and school delays and all the things, but it's great to have you on um, for sure. I just, I love following your, your stuff that you post. It's, I think, really, really powerful in a lot of different ways and always resonates in a different way with me, which is what I love. You know, like you read somebody's work and and one day it's, it's uh, depending on what is going on in your life, you know, how it really sits with you. And so that's one of the things I love about your writing. But before we totally dive into that, I was wondering if you could share um, just a little bit of your background of, with the listeners this morning. For sure. Well, thank you, first of all, so much, Amy. I began to follow you after the Emboldened Conference. I believe it was 2020. Am I wrong or was it 2021? But um, either one, whatever year it was, I enjoyed that conference so, so much. So I want to thank you for putting that on with Rachel and just the entire like gamut of women that you had there. It was so good. Um, but yes, so I am in Florida. I'm in the sunny East coast of Florida. So if you know where like Orlando is and Cape Canaveral is, I'm like 30 minutes away from each of those places. So I'm in central Florida. I've lived there, lived here for about 23 years, which is hard to believe the longest I've lived anywhere. And I have three kiddos. I've been married to my husband, Sam for 13 years, and we just love being outdoors here. We do all of it. We go to the beach, we do paddle boarding, we go on bike rides, jogs, like we are just outdoor people. So we absolutely love being here. And I write, I am a contributing writer and a content writer. And I'm currently serving at my local church as well, teaching Bible studies and just serving in any capacity they need me. That's great. Well, see, now we we have similar interests, Sarah, except we do it all in the cold here because I'm central oh. New York. <laughs> so when you're, when you're talking about, you know, hiking and biking, I mean, obviously, you know, the beach, yes, we have yeah. to wait until those two summer months here, but um, we do all that just here in the cold um, minus the beach, but that's funny. Yeah. And you're probably going to make fun of me because today it is 51 degrees and none of us wanted to leave the house. None of us. Like we were, I had to bribe my kids to get up. They were like, no, it's too cold. I'm like, I guys, this is pitiful. (laughs) Well, we had two snow days last week and we had a two hour delay this week. Um, so it's pretty cold tomorrow. It's going to warm up 
to 40. And Ooh. then I think the rest of the week, it's supposed to drop down below zero. So yeah. Oh, but gosh, that's stay our, warm friend. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> our norm. Yeah, yeah. We're used to it, but it is funny. Somebody was just saying the other day they had I don't know if it was an actual post from Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy, that comedian, but he had mentioned something about, um, you know, you're from upstate New York if you are wearing a winter coat and shorts, and that would be a 50, 50 degree day for, you know, central New Yorkers. It's like, oh, it's warming up, but they still have their winter coat on because there's like a foot of snow outside. <laughs> That's hilarious. And not to seg too much, but it is strange to me. And you probably know this because you live in a cold climate that when your chest or your like upper body is warm, everything else really is warm. Yeah. I'm sure there's some science to it that I don't know, but I have noticed that I'm like, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it just made me laugh because there was a list of them. I just gave you one, but we, my husband and I were cracking up. We're like, gosh, that's almost embarrassing. This is on brand. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. It was funny. Well, today I want to, I could talk to you all day, but I know you have things to do, um, especially pick up your kids. That's the number one priority. But today I wanted to really talk to, about a post that you recently shared. Now this episode, um, and you and I discussed this beforehand, is going to be airing in December of 2022. So mm-hmm. while we're recording though, we are at the beginning of 2022, we're in January still, and you posted something that really I thought was profound. And what I loved about it is not only leading a year, but also ending a year, how we're going to with this episode and really reflecting back on, you know, sometimes how our focus can get shifted and sometimes we can almost disrupt the process of finding our purpose, seeking it out and what that assignment is. So I'm just going to read a a line or a few things that you had uh, written in this post and we'll talk about it. But you had said, our purpose is always the same, but our assignment will change. The work your hands are in now may look different next year with focus on Jesus, be flexible in your field. As plants grow, they need to be replanted into bigger pots If the pot you're in is changing, it's okay to dance in the grief and joy together, but don't cling to Egypt when God has moved you. Embrace God and don't cling to a role or institution or place. Follow him, not your own agenda. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it isn't good, but trials alone don't make you stronger. Jesus does. Seek him with your heart. Be tender to his work. He is always for you but not always catering to our ideal circumstances. So Sarah, Mm -hmm. there's just so many things to unpack there, but it actually gives me goosebumps when I even Mm -hmm. read it aloud to you. Um, But let you know, just the beginning of that is what led you to even post this? Um, I'm assuming, you know, we always have our own things going on in our own world. I know this is going Mm -hmm. to resonate with other people in different ways, just like it did for me. But for you, what did it really mean to you to write it? Gosh, Amy, you know, I think collectively as a globe, we have gone through some trials in the past couple of years, whether it be obvious, the the pandemic that has swept across the globe, whether it be um, personally walking through trials that have been affected by the pandemic. So maybe, you know, you haven't gotten ill or your family members haven't gotten ill but you still face some type of economic hardship or 
some type of transition in your home. Now your kids are at home doing, you know, online schooling or, you know, whether you're going through something difficult with the political unrest that has gone across our, our nation in the past two years. And really it has been forever, but really come to light in the past two years. You know, we have gone through trials and I began to realize that as we were going through these trials and I was going through my own trials personally in my life and in some of my friendships and relationships, you know, I, God really began to work in me and share with me that there are things that are going on that are refining us, but we have a choice in this matter. We can choose to be stubborn and cross our arms and, and not, and not cater to what the Lord is trying to do in us. We can never change. We can choose to just be frustrated and angry with the hard that we've been given. And in turn, become bitter, or we can choose to grow through it and allow the Lord to shape and mold us. And so when I wrote that post at the end of 2021, it was me looking back at the things I had learned in that previous year and saying, God, please help me not forget this. Please seal this in my heart so that I can not only have gone through these fires and gone through these trials, but that I can come out refined because of them and not come out angry and bitter and hardened of heart. I was really, really inspired to do that because I felt like so many people in the new year, and we do this all the time is we want to change and we're saying, okay, God, let's you know make this the year of me and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to organize all my you know household things. And I'm going to reach sure. for new goals. And all those things are great things. But I think until we recount and look back at what has God shown you and what do I really want to carry into the new year, I think is so, so valuable that reflecting on what God has taught you in the trial is, is really invaluable. It's something that I, I want to practice not only this past year, but every year. Right. Well, I love that because I think there is something to be said for that. You go through a year and then all of a sudden it's like, you can't even believe Christmas is here. It's you're at the end. And I'm using that as just the, you know, the ending of yeah. the year or new year's or whatever you want to say. And it's like, you almost need to take that intentional pause. Like you said, to say, what do I want to carry with into the new year with, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, if we just keep spinning our wheels and like you said, I think you know, that's the one thing about new years that always kind of makes me laugh a little bit. And I've done it a million times myself. You make these resolutions and you have these new goals and all of that, but until you can actually sit down and really kind of strip away to refine, like what, what's really purposeful to bring into the new year. I mean, yes, we all have a million and one things that we want to accomplish, but is really that is, is that what's God's really calling you to bring all these Mm -hmm. things with you? No, he he's, he's not. It's just a matter of, like you said, taking the time and discernment really to, to, to figure out what is going to lead me that much closer to my purpose and not disregarding the hurt. You know, a lot of times you mean, I'm sure we've all experienced this. I'm sure you've experienced it, Sarah, when you get on the other side of that really hard, hard time, it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to go back there you know, and, and it feels so good. And there is a relief. And and that's one of the beauties of it is knowing that you've gone through it. But when you do look back at all of that hard time, you're able to see, like you said, all the growth, all the things that really came from that 
had you not experienced it. And that, that is a really beautiful thing when you're able to take yourself out of the situation and have a new perspective for what that really, the gains that really brought to your life, even in the darkest days. Absolutely. And, you know, Amy, when you said um, that we, we look at the pain and the trials that we have been through and recognize that it is up to us. And I'm going to add a caveat after this, but I do want to say this. It is up to us, whether we grow or not, it is God who grows us. It is God who gives us the increase. However, he invites us into the process. We can choose to say, no, God, I am angry about this and I'm bitter about this and I'm going to cross my arms and, and, and just stew in it. And, you know, I, like I said, I did want to add a, add a caveat in that because I am not at all diminishing or dismissing the pain that we have walked through. It has been hard. And personally for me, you know, I went through a situation where I completely changed my career path. I completely changed my community. There was a season of my life where I always thought I would be doing one vocation, always be walking with the same community and always be, you know, going on this perfectly laid plan that was laid out for me. And in this process, the Lord was really moving me and my husband to move our church. And it was one of the most painful difficult seasons that we as a family have ever walked through. And I will venture to say, we'll ever walk through. It's a tent pole in our life. And part of that post I talked about was replanting. And I was in a season where we were planted. We, like I had mentioned before, we've been here for 23 years. And so I had been at this church. I had been saved at this church and I was on a path to be there for the rest of my life. And the Lord began to move on me and my husband's heart. We prayed, we sought counsel. We prayed some more. We negotiated with God. We said, no way, God, when you plant us, we are firm and we are standing. When the reality was, is the cloud had moved and we were still white knuckling what we thought God had told us rather than being sensitive to his leading. And In that process of God really moving on our hearts, as we prayed and sought counsel, we began, it it was completely evident to us that it was time to move. And I began to wonder, okay, God, in this move, is it possible that we will ever grow again anywhere else? Will we ever plant again anywhere? Will we ever have fruit and flourish again? And when we decided to make that move in those first few months, it was such an aching, gaping hole in our hearts. Um, so many tears. We ended up going to counseling to help us process through the loss. And I recognize, you know, that it may not be switching a church for you, but in my story, you might hear some things in your life where you might say, yes, I felt like that when I accepted a job across the country and we had to move across the country, or maybe it was a situation where divorce is part of your story or being a widow was part of your story. And you never thought that that would be part of your story. And now you're looking at this new pot, this proverbial pot that you are now placed in wondering, God, how am I ever going to put roots down? And I will tell you right now, after being 
in this process for two years and God beginning to slowly replant us in a new church with a new community, that God is faithful and it is possible to replant. Um, you might be like kind of asking Amy, or maybe your, your listeners are asking, okay, what does that mean? Replanting. And it's funny because I am slowly becoming a green thumb girl. Okay. I don't want to brag, but I can keep a few plants alive and, um, I don't know a lot about it. So as I've been learning about it, um, I have a friend that I text and I'm like, okay, friend, my, my, uh, you know, rubber plant, I have a rubber plant. Mm-hmm. It, the leaves are getting a little yellow. What do I do? Okay. So I had this plant that, you know, she had given me and it was in its original pot. And I just kept doing, you know, whatever she told me to do, water it once every two weeks, give it some sun. Okay. So I was doing that. And I began to notice that the roots at the bottom were kind of like seeping out under the, the pot. And I was like, uh Oh, what does this mean? Is this okay? And so I called my girlfriend and she said, oh yes, your plant is ready to repot. And I looked at her like blink, blink, what am I supposed to do? And she goes, oh, it's super simple. Just get a little bit bigger of a pot, put some soil in, you know, some fresh soil and and the roots will take just fine. Trust me. And the beautiful thing about it is that when I began to take this little rubber plant that was growing out of its pot and put it in this new pot and add water, because you have to add water when it's repotted. How cool is that? That's living water, right? So such a good metaphor, but that beautiful plant is growing even better than it was before. And in that picture, God was showing me that he moved me not only because my family needed to move, but because I did as well. And that God was going to use this new pot to, to grow me and to cause me to flourish. And, um, you know, it was such a beautiful metaphor that was going on in my life as I was actually walking through this painful scenario. Yeah. I love that. I love, well, first of all, I don't have a green thumb, so I'm already jealous. (laughs) I have one plant that's thank God uh, must be a tough one because it's, it, it hangs on it's, it's hanging on for me. I think just so I can say I have one plant alive. Um, but that is, that is one of my goals for this year is to really kind of double down on, on, on being more attentive and, and figuring that out. But I do love the idea of, you know, sometimes we, we get ourselves in this, in these situations. And, and I love the metaphor also of the pot where we, we need to move. We need to move out of that space for whatever the reason is, you know, for this, it was obviously just the, you know, the roots are coming out of the bottom, but we're, we've outgrown it, whether mm-hmm. we like it or not, it's become comfortable. It's our comfort zone. That's where we're used to being. We don't want to change things up because here's the reality. Just like when you transplanted that pot or that, that plant to a bigger pot, there's always a risk, right? That it might not flourish. You might not have done it right. Or there might be hiccups along the way. And that's the risk we take, but that's where we find the most growth and, you know, and, and you can't do it without taking that leap of faith. And so that's what I kind of love about the whole metaphor and all of that. And I love how you kind of say at the end of that quote that you had written, well, two things that, you know, follow him, number one, not your own agenda, because mm-hmm. I do think it's easy to set goals for ourselves and all of that, and then really kind of lose sight and blur the lines between, okay, is this God's agenda or is this my agenda? Like, you know, is it, do mm-hmm. I want this more than maybe he wants this for me? And that's why there's so much 
contention here and why I can't seem to figure this figure this out or or whatever the case is, you know, I think those are good pause and reflect moments. And that's kind of what I love about this whole thing that you wrote is it really kind of showcases the importance of taking the time to listen to him over and above all of the other noise and to really appreciate the discomfort because Mm -hmm. that's where we find the most growth. And you finish it with, you know, um, he is always for you, but not always catering to our ideal circumstances. What a bummer that is, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure, Amy. And it's funny because I, like I said at the, you know, when I was talking earlier about how like this may not have been your choice to be repotted, like for my husband and I, we were able to pray and come into agreement and, and move, but there might be a situation where you don't have that. It might be a situation where yes, divorce is part of your story. And that is something that you never would have written when you were a little girl, like this is going to be my story, or maybe you've lost your spouse, or maybe you've lost, lost a family member, or maybe you're in a situation where like we said, your job might be moving you. And you're like, I don't want to move, but I have to go across the country or across the world. But knowing that God is in the process or is in the um, experience of being repotted, that he has his hand on you and that it might be painful and it might be uncomfortable, but know that God will make you flourish when he is moving you, whether it's of your will or not, um, he will grow you. He is in the business of growing, you know, Psalm 23. And I was actually looking it up as we were chatting a little bit, because I think often we read Psalm 23 and um, we say, you know, oh, we know that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, you know, we've heard that so many times, but he says this, he says um, in verse two, he, he lets me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life and he leads me along the right path. And when I see those, those verses, I say, I mean, I see that he's saying, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He allows us to rest. He, he pushes us to rest and then he renews. Right. And when I saw that, I said, yes, God, rest comes before renewal. You know, in those moments where we maybe have been plucked out of our community or plucked out of our career or plucked out of our comfort, there's a moment where we say, okay, whoa, I, I need to rest. I need to recalibrate. I need to sit down for a minute and process what has happened. And that is important. You know, I never want to say, oh, you've been repotted. So just put your roots down and hop to it. Like that's not at all what, what is happening. What's happening is you need some time to process what has happened. And whether that be you talk it over with a friend or a mentor or a counselor, or you just spend time quietly in the word for a few months or years, however long it takes you rest in knowing that he calls us into rest and then he renews us. You know, there is, you can't skip. We can't just jump from thing to thing. God wants us to process what has happened so that he can grow us and that he can refine us. So I just loved that picture of Psalm 23. Well, I think you're right too, because you know, the replanting process is messy, especially when you didn't choose it. And, um, like you said, for those unforeseen circumstances that come up that involve a lot of grief and pain and, and all of that, but, and I think this goes back to your original, um, 
comment that you made, you know, that we have to choose that rest. I think that's the, that that's the key, you know, rest does come before renewal, but if we don't choose it and if we just keep sitting in our misery and sitting in our bitterness and all of that, I think the process unfortunately can be dragged out so much longer before we do start to flourish and see mm -hmm. really, um, all that, that comes when, when we trust that he does have this with him. Absolutely. And, you know, to add to it, like I looked in the Bible when I was going through this process and I'm like, God, you know, look at Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite. She marries her husband. He dies. All the males in that family die. And Ruth is left in Moab wondering what's next. And so, you know, her mother in law decides to go back to Bethlehem. And I love the picture of Ruth leaving because it's truly a picture in the Bible of somebody replanting in a new place that was probably not comfortable. We know the journey must have been terrible. Right. Um, but to even go there and say, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to pick the leftovers that fall on the ground of wheat and just see what happens and hope that something gets better. And as we know, you know, her story ends with her being in the lineage of Jesus Christ. You know, you see this picture of her being replanted and flourishing and knowing for us that it is possible. Sure. And so at the end of this year, if you are feeling like in this dryness or in this place of like, okay, I've been plucked out of my comfort. I've been plucked out of what I thought I would always be in. What's next? Just know that Ruth didn't know either but she still went. And so being obedient to God and taking that next step is pivotal in what God is trying to do in you and what God is trying to do for you. Right. Well, it's like that quote, and I'm, I'm not even going to probably say it the right way exactly, but it's like taking mm -hmm. that first step without seeing the staircase. Yes. You know, it, it, it has to be that leap of faith, but I think the beauty you know, there are a million beautiful things about the word of God, but the one main thing is you see all of these promises and you see all mm -hmm. of these with them walking through their, with their faith without knowing and, and walking through these difficult and hard, really hard circumstances. Um, and so that's encouraging, you know, that is really encouraging to know that, okay, number one, I'm not the only one. And this is what can happen when we trust God over our fears and, and everything else that we have going yeah. on. Um, Sarah, before I, we finish this conversation, I want you to quickly just talk a little bit, if you can, um, about mom mentorship. I know that you um, mentioned that quite a bit. I want you to just tell us a little bit what that means to you and how we could possibly be a mom mentor in our communities to the women around us. Yes. Mentorship is so important to me because it is truly reaching back to the women behind us and reaching forward to the women that are a little farther along with us and gaining wisdom and gaining insight and gaining discipleship. I think that is something right now that in the local capital C church, I'm talking globally, that we need to be filling in those gaps of discipleship. I think many of us, um, you know, we came to know the Lord. We think Jesus is wonderful. 
And then we don't know where to go next. And it's like, okay, God, I, I love you. I believe in you. I know you died for my sins, but I don't really know how to read my Bible. And I don't really know what to do when my toddler is talking back. And I don't know how to handle the situation with my husband. And so the only way that we can learn that is when we actually are in community with other women that are in similar seasons than us, or have been a little farther along than us that we can learn from. And right now in my local community, um, I walk it out through being in a simple play group, Amy, being in a simple play group. I am one of the older mamas. So I'm going to be honest. I have an 11 year old, a nine year old and a three year old. So a lot of the three year old mamas, um, or I'm sorry, mamas that have three year olds or under, um, they don't have older ones. And so a lot of them are, are like, Sarah, how do I do this? And some of it is, is as simple as, well, this is what I did with potty training, or this is how I helped my, my picky eater. But then some of it can get deep. Like, how do I handle this when I am so tired every day and I don't want to wake up or I don't want to keep serving my family? How do I handle this? And so it's me pouring into them and saying, look, I have made it. And I'm going to share with you what I did on my dark days and how I sought God in, in the pain and in the exhaustion. And so, um, I think that's super important, but I also think that in order to give, we have to receive. And obviously we do that by being a part of our local church, but I think even more so taking a step further and finding a woman that is a little bit farther along than you and saying, you know what? can I take you out to coffee? Because I need to know how you handle this with your teen, or I need to know what to do in this situation, um, with my, you know, my mother-in-law or whatever the case may be. And I think that is so invaluable. And it's something that oftentimes I think people expect that a mentor is just going to show up at your door. And that is just not the case. I think sometimes we, we glamorize it and we can say, Oh, you know, this wonderful older woman at church, she'll spot me from across the sanctuary and she'll say, Oh my goodness, I'm going to mentor you. And it's just not, it's not possible. I don't want to say it can't happen, but it's just, it's not very probable. And so what I have found is I find women, like I said, a little bit farther along and I ask them out for a cup of coffee or I even chit chat around, um, after church and allow my, you know, kids to just run wild. And I ask them a few questions, or maybe I shoot them a text when I'm feeling especially exhausted and say, can you just pray for me? And those older women light up, you know, they are, they are the church. They are part of the church and their job and their calling is to help us walk out being a wife and a mother and just a woman in the body of Christ. And so I think it is an untapped resource that I think I'm seeing a lot more of it, even through the beauty of digital discipleship. You know, we have podcasts, Amy, you have your podcast. I mean, there is a list of amazing resources that are online right now that we can receive mentorship from and discipleship from. And I think those are fabulous. And I think people should dive into them head first. But I also think we need to be mindful in doing that, that we don't forsake the, the tight-knit community of the local church and Um, And when I say local church, you know, I mean, obviously your place of worship, but I also mean it can be a Christian that's a neighbor that may not go to the same church as you, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody that's only in your place of worship. Um, And so, you know, it's just so important to me because it's, it's how I survived motherhood this far (laughs) is asking for help, asking for prayer. And honestly, just 
having a laugh with a friend over coffee when I felt like I never had a moment to myself. And, and that is what has helped me continue on this work of, of raising children for the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think you're right. And I, there is something extra special. I mean, the, t- the texting and all of that, and, you know, sometimes we've had to do that, especially in the last two years of that in-person relationship though, can really make a difference, especially when you are at a low point or you just need that. You just need that fellowship, right. Um, of just hearing somebody's voice and, and, seeing their expressions and what you're sharing mm-hmm. and all of that. I mean, I'm so grateful. I I've done that for years. I'm grateful, grateful, grateful to have my older sister. Um, she has been just uh, a huge mentor for me mm-hmm. um, with everything. And it does make a difference. You know, I think people do undervalue it sometimes and maybe because they haven't experienced it yet, but it does make life easier uh, not necessarily your day to day per se, but just number one, knowing you're not alone. Number two, you're not going crazy. If you're not having crazy thoughts, all moms most of the time have these same thoughts, but it is nice to know that when somebody has just kind of gotten over that hump that you're in at the moment and what they did and those tools, because, you know, the reality is when you're mother, when you're in the thick of motherhood, you know, sometimes you're just getting through your day and you're not necessarily using the, the best method because you are tired and you're, you know, you're just trying to like, you know, get to bedtime. I mean, who are we getting yeah. here? You know, that's yeah. the reality, <laughs> but it would, it, but it, how great it is after you do have these conversations, at least it was for me when I would talk to my sister and she would say, try X, Y, and Z. Well, you know, when you're overwhelmed and you're in the thick of it, you can't, think of X, Y, and Z, you know, you're just trying to think of, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to get to seven o'clock? And so it is such a valuable tool. I, I, I mean, I agree with you tenfold. And then as you know, outside of that, even having friends where your kids are the same age and just kind of bounce things off of each other. Um, you know, even if every age group isn't, even if you're not 12 steps ahead, but maybe you're, kid is a year older and they experienced something like that last year or whatever the case is, the fellowship component, I think is just priceless. Yeah, Amy. And I think part of it too is, is that, you know, I think sometimes we do undervalue it, but I think sometimes we recognize the value of it, but we don't even know how to walk it out. Right. Like I, you know, I know there's a lot of moms that I see that are in their, you know, twenties. I'm, you know, I'm 30, I'll be 38 when this airs, but Mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, I feel like I don't want to step in and overstep a boundary. And, you know, I think that's valid to say that. And I think the most important thing that the girls and the young moms are looking up to us is, is just acceptance and love. Like we don't have to correct their toddler. We don't have to tell them, Oh, what worked for me is, you know, like they don't want to hear that. They want to hear that they are loved. They want to hear that their children are loved. And when we do that, when we are actually opening up and embracing these women and saying, you know, Oh my goodness, your toddler is so precious. I love her, you know, shirt. Or if she's throwing a fit, say, it's fine. I don't mind. Um, you know, allowing them to feel safe and be safe in our space invites them into that mentor or just a friendship. I think, you know, that is very important. I, that's something I don't always know how to do well, and I haven't done it right all the time. But there are times where I just say, you know what, we just, we don't need to teach people. We don't need to um, show them what we do right off the bat. We just 
invite them in, allow them to ask us, you know, I never go to somebody and say, Oh, you know, I did this when I, you know, breastfed, or I only use this bottle when I bottle fed, like, you know, we don't need that. What we need to do is love people where they're at, accept them where they're at, accept their children where they're at and not be shocked by anything they ask, anything they do, anything their children do, just love them and embrace them. And they will be safe around you and open up to you because they feel accepted and loved right where they are. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that there is a a trust component with that when you're able to do that. And sometimes it is hard, right? We see a kid throwing a temper tantrum and you want to walk away because, Mm -hmm. you know, you feel like, oh gosh, the mother would just do this or that, but you're right. I mean, they don't, they don't want to hear that in that moment. They just need to know that, you know, that someone is coming around them without judgment and that in its in and of itself is where a relationship begins and forms. And then they can trust you enough to ask because the reality is outside of my sister, I wasn't somebody necessarily who wanted to jump out and, you know, just say, Hey, you know, who wants to help me with my parenting? You're embarrassed. <laughs> it's a, you know what I mean? You feel insecure about it. And so Absolutely. it's in those relationships. Now, naturally I was, I trusted my sister. We have a great relationship. That's why it was an easier flow, but I think we can create that in these environments. And, uh, and I love how you say that. I think it's really important to hold the advice in the beginning and really just come around them first. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, before Definitely. we close, I want you to just really quick, tell the listeners how they can connect with you and stay in touch with you in the future. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Sarah Wood writes. And I'm hoping, so when this airs, I should have a website up. So that's exciting. So it should be in my bio. Yes. But I would love for you to connect, follow me. I love to connect with anybody online. And um, it's just a great way to build community in this world amongst Jesus followers. So I absolutely love it. I'd love to connect with you there. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on today. We could talk for hours, but I know you have to pick up your child. (laughs) Yes, my cool. and that is very important. So we want you to do that on time. <laughs> so we will connect with you later, but thank you again. It was a, uh, just a true pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much, Amy. All right. I'm going to stop that. Well, that's it for us today, friends. If today's episode or any other episode has left you feeling encouraged and inspired, please consider rating, reviewing, or subscribing to Life on Purpose with Amy Debrick from your favorite listening platform. The mission, as always, of Life on Purpose is to meet you where you are, but not leave you there, and let you know that although fear is normal, courage gets the final say. See you next time.